good to see everyone this morning. I hope that the time we have to spend together this morning is going to be is going to be beneficial to us. Um, roughly about three months ago, when Edwin was informing the congregation that he was going to be going to work with the the congregation in Brownsburg, as he was reading his his letter to us, letting us know about his decision, he made a statement in uh, in his letter that he. Was going to continue to pray for our congregation here, and he hoped that that whoever came next would help to take the congregation here to the next level. And then over the past few weeks, as, as Mitch, uh, as we've been preparing for Mitch and his family to come, that same phrase has been used a couple of times that that, that we would move to the next level. And I don't think there's anything wrong with with that phrase, it, but it got me thinking, and I started wondering, what exactly does that mean? For us to go to the next level. What is the next level? How do I impact us getting to the next level? And so that's what I want us to talk about this morning, just for, for a few minutes. And, and when I was going to put the, put together the notes for, for my lesson this morning, I started thinking about, well, the congregation, what do we need to do to get to the next level? And, what are the things that I need to, to, for us to try and talk about? And I began realizing that everything that I kept coming up with, really it all boiled down to us on an individual level. What we need to do for ourselves to move ourselves to the next level. And if, if we are doing the things to build our faith and to, to be better servants of God, if all of us are, are, are moving ourselves to the next level, the congregation is going to follow suit. And so that's what I want us to talk about this morning, moving ourselves to the next level in our service to God. And it doesn't matter what level we're currently on. It doesn't matter how long we've been serving God or how, uh, how short a time it may have been. Wherever we are at, what do we have to do to take the next step in our service to God? And so I, ho- I hope the, the, the things that we talked about this morning are, are beneficial to you. There are a lot more things than what I'm sure that, that, that we're going to talk about this morning. I came up with four. Actually, I came up with six, but two of the other ones I couldn't elaborate on as, as well as I would like to, so I cut it down to four. But I'm sure there are several other things that we could talk about, but these are the things that I want us to, to focus on this morning. When I think about taking ourselves to the next level, and I think about myself and what I need to do, the first thing that I think about is building my relationship with God. And taking that relationship to the next level. And why is that so important? Well, Every relationship that I have is impacted by my relationship that I have with God. If my relationship with God is strong and it's where it needs to be, then my relationship with my wife is going to be stronger and where it needs to be. If my relationship with God is strong and where it needs to be, then my relationship with my children is going to be where it needs to be because I'm going to look at God and see how He deals with me, and I'm going to translate that into how I then turn and deal with my children. You see, if my relationship with God is where it needs to be, then, then my relationships with my coworkers and with my boss and with my neighbor are all going to be closer to what they need to be. You see, this relationship with God is, is the center of everything that we do. And so if that relationship is established and is strong and we have, a, we have an understanding of how God deals with us and how we should deal with God, that impacts everything else around us, every other relationship that we have. And so if I want to take my life and if I want to take my spiritual service to the next level, 
that I need to take my relationship with God to the next level, and I need to build and strengthen that relationship. No matter how strong our relationship is with God, it can always be stronger. That's exactly what Matt just read from in Ephesians, uh, excuse me, in Philippians chapter 3, and in verse 12, Paul realized in, in himself, in, in the life and the service that Paul had already rendered, he realized there was always still another level to reach. Philippians 3, beginning in verse 12, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As diligent a servant as Paul was, as much work as he had done, as much sacrifice as he had made, he himself realized there was always something more to be pressing for. And that's the attitude that we need to have. No matter how, how strong our relationship is with God right now, it can become stronger. There's always more building to be done. Turn over, if you will, to, to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. In 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter lays out for us uh, the plan for building up our faith, building up our relationship with God. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, most of, most of us here are, are familiar with this passage. He says, now for this very reason, also applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control, and in your self-control perseverance, and in your perseverance godliness, and in your godliness brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter wrote that our spiritual that our spiritual life should always be increasing, or what? Always going to the next level. You see that? No matter what level we're on, there's always still another level of, of which we can go, that we can try to attain. And the thing, that, that's true with our relationship with God. We must continue. To add these things to our faith. To add virtue and knowledge and love and self-control and all the things that, that, that Peter lists for us here. Much of this is accomplished by spending time with God in prayer and in study of His Word. At the beginning of the book of Psalms, in, uh, in Psalm chapter 1, Psalm chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, David writes, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. The person who grounds himself in the Word of God, who, who establishes himself in his, in his teaching, and in His will is the person whose relationship will be strong with God. Whose life will be impacted by that relationship. I'm going to throw out a little teaser for you. 
so many of us a lot of times have a hard time with this. We think, well, I, I know I need to be in the Word of God, and I, I'm, I struggle with it. I start, but I never, I never finish. I want to read more. I want to study more. I want to do more. Well, I've got a little teaser for you. I've got something at the end of, at the, end of the sermon that I'm going to challenge everyone with. Don't worry. It's nothing, that, it's, it's nothing that you can't overcome. It's nothing that you can't do. But around this very point, establishing ourselves in the Word of God, I've got a challenge for you. So stick with me. But you think about the you think about the characters in the Bible who we look at, the people who we look at as an example, the people who we look at and we try to we try to emulate. What's the common theme that you have between all of them? That you have between Abraham and Moses and Joseph and David and Paul and Peter and Christ? What's the common theme? Their relationship with God was firmly established. If we want to, if we want to take our spiritual service, our spiritual life to the next level, we start with that relationship with God and we make it strong. We spend more time in prayer. We spend more time studying His Word, contemplating it. We spend more time with the people of God. I think that's where it begins. And then we build, we build from there. If we're going to take ourselves and subsequently the congregation to the next level, this has to be our foundation, this relationship with our God. And then we, we turn our attention out. Away from ourselves, we turn our, our attention out. And so the next item that I think that, that, needs to, that we need to consider as we're thinking of going to the next level is building up the body. Building up the body of Christ. Why is this, why is this necessary for moving to the next level? Well, turn, if you will, with me to the, to the book of John, in John chapter 13. John chapter 13, beginning in, in verse 34. I want you to notice that what, what Jesus says here to his, to his apostles, to his, to, to, the, to his followers. John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You see, the reason this is important, the reason building up the body is going to be necessary if we're going to go to that next level, is that the love that we demonstrate to one another is a powerful witness of Christ to everyone around us. See, that's what he's saying here. He's saying, love one another so that people will see that you are my disciples. Because you love one another. You see, our love and our unity is a powerful witness of Christ. A strong network of Christians is, is essential as we live in this world of sin. As we live in a place where troubles are going to come and temptations are going to, going to arise. A strong body of God's people to fall back on, to rely on, is essential. There's an old saying that says, no one goes to heaven alone. I think that's true. Because as we journey through this life and as we face the ups and the downs and the trials and the temptations and the snares and the pitfalls, we need our brethren there to pick us up and to help lift us up, dust us off, and carry us on our way. 
so if we're going to move on, if we're going to move to the next level as a as a group of God's people, if we're going to if we're going to move to if we're going to take the next step in in the progression of our service to God, then we have to build the body up. And just like our relationship with God, no matter how strong our relationship is with God, it can always be better. No matter how strong our relationship is with one another, it can always be stronger. Looking out, there's probably 75, 80 people, 90 people here. How strong is, is your relationship with each person here? I'll be honest with you. And if you're sitting out there, you know this. There are some of you who, I, who I'm much closer to than I am others. There are some people who I have a very strong relationship with, and there, there are those of you out there, sadly, and this is my fault, that I don't have much of a relationship with. You see, no matter how strong we feel like our relationship may be here, there's always more to build on. There's always someone else to get to know. There's always someone else to, to learn to love a little more. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. Note what he said to the church of Thessalonica. The church of Thessalonica had love. They, they had a relationship with one another. They loved each other. But notice what he said. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in, who are in all of Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still You see, there's always a deeper relationship that can be formed. There's always a, a deeper connection through Christ that can be established with a brother or sister in Christ. I believe this congregation does love one another. I believe there's a strong body here. But can it get stronger? Isn't there a deeper relationship that can be formed? Isn't there someone who, who you never had a chance to sit down with and share a meal with and talk to and learn about and learn to love? Isn't there someone else here that I know there is for me, I know there is for, for, for me and my family. What about yours? If we're going to do this, if we're going to build up the body of Christ, we have to seek out opportunities. We have to make opportunities. We have to open up our homes and have people come over. We have to go out of our way sometimes. We have to sacrifice our time. We have to be willing to sacrifice doing the things that we want to do in order to be able to, to sit down and, and learn about my brothers and sisters in Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 8, Peter encourages us to be to be hospitable. First Peter chapter four and verse eight it says, Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. See again. Be fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. If we're going to love one, one another, we're going to open up ourselves. We're going to open up ourselves from the standpoint of, of we're going to be willing to, to talk with one another. 
as we're instructed to confess our sins to one another. We're going to open ourselves up so that those relationships can be established. We're going to open up our homes. We're going to open up our time. We're going to open up our lives to one another. Sometimes that's not comfortable. Sometimes that, 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 that means we've got to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. I like my little wife here. I like my little circle of friends. I like how things go. If we want to move ourselves, we want to move the body here to the next level, we have to push ourselves out. We have to invite people in. You see, we start by, by, by building up our relationship with God. And we start by, then we continue by building up the body of God's people. And as we're doing these things, we're pushing ourselves and we're pushing the people around us to that next level of service to one another in our service to God. But then, then I think we push ourselves outside truly and we develop relationships with the law. Now, before I go on, let me, let me stop right here. Let me caveat what I'm about to say. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about to encourage us to go out and make, our, make, make people of the world and the people uh, engaging in sin. I'm not saying we go out and we make them our best friends. I'm not saying that we go out and we, we establish our deepest, dearest, most sincere relationships with people in the world. That's not, that's not, where, I, that's not where I'm going. But what I'm saying is we develop relationships with the people who are in our lives, who are lost, so that we can influence them with the gospel. Because if, if the light of the gospel is going to, to, do, to do what it should, then it has to shine forth in the darkness. In Matthew chapter 5, beginning of verse 14, a, a verse again that's familiar to most of us, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine forth before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. If we're living in a world of sin and in darkness and we are the light, then if the light is going to do its job, it has to go where the darkness is. Does that make sense? If there's a dark room and I've got a flashlight, if I don't take the flashlight into the room, it doesn't do any good. You see? We have, to, we have to be willing to, to take the light to where the darkness is. If people are sick, those with the cure must be willing to teach them. Over in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus talks about, Jesus talks about those who are, uh, who are sick. Matthew 9, beginning in verse 10. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and the sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners. You see, if we, have, if we know people are sick and we've got the cure, then we need to go and we need to take it to them. And relationships with people who, who are lost can serve as the basis for continued relationships with them after they have been baptized in the cross. 
I'm going to pick. I'll sort of pick on it here here a minute uh, for just a minute. Brent was saying uh, was saying something in the high school class the other day about about people who who he had interacted with years ago, way back when he was in school. Who years later obeyed the gospel, and they they called him up and they they, they said something to him about it. That, that's what I'm talking about. A relationship with someone who who we can influence for good, and who maybe we can have it, we we can play a part in them coming to Christ. I'm not talking about establishing our deepest, dearest, sincerest friendships with them. But I am talking about being a part of their life so they can see the light shining forth from us and they can see Christ living in us. But see, that kind of goes back to point one, doesn't it? If we're going to do this effectively, then where does that relationship with God have to be? It has to be strong. It has to be where it, where it should be. You know, develop, developing a relationship with the lost is, is, is kind of an ongoing process. Because we know not everyone is going to want to hear what we have to say when it comes to preaching the gospel. Jesus warned his, his disciples about that as he sent them out. He said there are going to be places and cities where you come into and they're not, going to, they're not going to want to hear what you have to say. And so when you leave that city, you shake the dust off your feet and you go on. And sometimes that's what, what we have to do. We try and establish a relationship with someone to a basis where we can talk to them about the gospel and they make it pretty well, they, they make it pretty clear to us that they have no interest in that. And so sometimes we have to then move on to someone else and we try and find someone else. We try and find the heart that wants to accept the gospel, that wants to hear it. You know, Jesus couldn't stay in one place, could he? You think about that, whenever, when Jesus was, was preaching the gospel, when, when Jesus was out and he was teaching, he couldn't stay in one place. He, he would be here for a while, then he would go somewhere else to teach, and he would go somewhere else to teach, and he would find these different people to, to, to interact with. I think Paul was that way to a, to a great extent. Paul knew he had to be about preaching the gospel. Paul never could stay in one place too long. Why? Because there were other people in other places who needed to hear the gospel. That he wanted to, he wanted to go to places, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow him to go there yet. But Paul realized there are people out there who need to hear the gospel, and I need to go and I need to find them. That's the way that we need to be. We have the cure. So we need to be looking and finding people and talking to people and establishing relationships with people so that hopefully we can influence them and we can teach them. So we always have to be on the lookout for, for opportunities. God puts opportunities in our path every day. He puts people in our lives he gives us opportunities every day to talk to someone about the gospel. The question is, how many times do we have our eyes closed when he puts those opportunities in front of us? I know too many times I've walked in my day with my eyes closed. Not, not literally. But closed to the opportunities that God has put around us. And there have been times when there there have been times when I'll, I'll I'll meet somebody new and we'll strike up a conversation and we'll have all this stuff going on 
And as soon as they walk away, or, or later on that night, when I'm thinking back through that conversation, I realize, you know what? I probably had an opportunity there, and I just, I had my eyes closed. We have to look for opportunities to, to reach, to, to develop a relationship with that person, to influence them for good. Maybe that means we, we start, maybe that means we, we, have a, we have a cookout in our neighborhood every month. And you invite the neighbors to, to everybody come over and you get to know them, you get to know their kids, and you get to know what they're about. Or you, you invite them to come to services with you. You invite them to come to the gospel meeting. You invite them to come to Bible class, whatever it may be. But see, again, this is one of those things where if we want to, if we want to push ourselves to the next level, we have to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. It's not always easy going up and talking to someone new about the gospel. It's not always easy going up and talking to someone new, period. Sometimes we have, we, we have a, a hard time going up and meeting strangers. But if we want to push ourselves, that next level of service, to that next level of, of work and dedication for the, for the call of the gospel of Christ, then that's what we need to do. As I was making out this point, I began realizing, you know, I don't really, I don't really need to go out and work on establishing new relationships with the law. Because I have a lot of relationships with people who are lost right now. I have a lot of people that I work with that I have relationships with that aren't that aren't uh, servants of God. And before I can really go out and work on establishing new relationships with people and trying to reach new people with the law, with the gospel, maybe I should start with those people that I already have those relationships with. And, and you're probably in the same boat. You probably have people that you work with. You probably have people that you that you interact with through your children's school and, and, and all those kind of things. You probably already have neighbors that you have relationships with. Maybe you've had relationships with them for years because you've lived, you've lived beside each other for a long time. What are we doing for those people as far as taking them the cure of the gospel of Christ? You see, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. It's about expanding our service and reaching other people with the gospel. The fourth thing that I came up with, and this, this, is, this is the last one, and the lesson will be yours. To, take, to, to truly take things to the next level, I think we must be engaged in serving God more fully. And if, you, if you've been noticing a lot, if you've been paying attention, I, I've used the word service a lot already in this lesson. Because a lot of what we're talking about is it's being a servant. It's, that, it's the idea of serving God more fully, serving our brethren better, serving those in the world better by taking them the gospel. But this is a crucial aspect of us because if we want to move ourselves to the next level, we have to attain the level of service and servant that we should, because being a servant is what a disciple of Christ is called to be. Think of the times that Jesus stressed the point of being a servant when he was teaching. 
in Matthew 23, he was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. We're not going to go over and read the passage with it right now, but in Matthew 23, around verses 8 through 12, he's stressing his point to the scribes and the Pharisees, and he makes the point to them, but he who is greatest among you will what? Will be your servant. Turn if you will over to John chapter 13. This is the one that I really want us to look at. John chapter 13, beginning in verse 12. John 13, beginning in verse 12. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? Now remember, this is at the Last Supper, and Jesus goes around and he washes the, the, the feet of all of his disciples. And he asked them, Do you know why I have done this to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should do as I, as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. You see, Jesus was making that, the, the point with his disciples. If you want to move up in the kingdom, you move down. The way up in the kingdom is down. That makes no sense whatsoever to anybody else, except if you if you take in the context of service. If we want to reach the next level in our service to God, we put ourselves down below everyone else and we make ourselves a servant. That's exactly what Christ does. That's the, that's the example that he says for us. That's what disciples of Christ are called to be. They're called to be servants. And here's the other ironic piece about being a servant. If you want to move up in the kingdom, you move down. Do you realize, though, that becoming a servant displays maturity? When we talk about somebody maturing, what are we talking about? Well, we're essentially talking about them moving to the next level, right? In their actions, in their speech, in their conduct, all that kind of stuff. Well, by by putting ourselves down as a servant, we're showing a maturity in our understanding and in our life and in our conduct. Someone who is immature is normally very inward focused, right? They're very selfish. It's all about them. Let me give you an example of, of someone who is, who, is Im, who is immature and who is selfish and who is very inwardly focused. I have two of them. They're called Matthew and Daniel. They're babies. They're immature. So what are they? They're very inward focused. Why? Because, it, because for all they understand, it's all about them. They're hungry. They're tired. They're grouchy. They're bored. They're sleepy. Or not sleepy, unfortunately. You see, they're immature. They're very inward focused. Well, what happens, though, as people grow and as people mature? Hopefully, if they grow and mature in the right kind of way, they become less inward focused and they become more outward focused on everyone else. See, that, that, to me, that's the most interesting thing about being a servant is that we become... We, we put ourselves down in order to move up. I think that's an interesting concept that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. He's saying, look, I am, I am the Lord. I am the teacher. You call me that and you're right to tell me that. If I have lowered myself to wash your feet, do so for other people. 
And the great thing, the great thing about this point, about being a servant, is that there is never a lack of services to be rendered. There's always a need to be filled. There's always some area where we could put ourselves in the position of a servant. Think about it. Think about from a from a just just a a strict physical perspective. People are always sick, right? So sure they could use food. Maybe have their house clean. Maybe cut their grass. Paint a room for them. Take them to the take them to the doctor. Do any of these types of things for them as the act of service. And that list goes on and on and on. And I think people here are excellent at doing that. I mean, for those of us who are get, who are going to be uh, helping Mitch and Julie and, and stuff move in, anybody who's ever helped unload a moving truck, you know, you're doing a service for the person who's helping to, who you're helping. See, there's always those opportunities around to be a servant. But what that takes is it, it takes not focusing in on myself and what I've got to do and the things that I want to be working on, and rather, how can I serve someone else, how can I do that better? But I think it even goes beyond that. It even goes beyond the, these physical acts of service that we can do, and we've got to think about the spiritual acts of service that we can do. There, there, are, there are spiritual ways where we can be a servant. Very practical ways that we can. I'm going to give you one. I'll, I'll throw one out to you that's very near and dear, has become very near and dear to my heart over the past few months. Teach a Bible class. You ask anyone who, 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 teaches, who teaches a Bible class, and they'll tell you, it's, it takes sacrifice. It takes effort. It takes being willing to serve other people. Because you're taking, you're sacrificing your time and your efforts, and you're wanting to serve someone else by helping them study the, the Word of God. I think that's a great way to be a servant. If you want to, you can talk to me, and I can sign you up to be a teacher. You like that little plug that I threw in there? But if we want to move ourselves up in the kingdom of God, if we want to move ourselves to the next level. We move ourselves down. And we make ourselves a servant. That's exactly what Jesus is teaching. Like I said, there are a lot of other things that, that we could do to to take ourselves to the next level. And and here's the thing. I don't know I don't know what your what, what your level is. You don't know what my level is. I don't know where I, I I don't know where everybody stands as far as their, their spiritual growth, their spiritual maturity, and their standing with God. Only you and I can, can know that for ourselves. But what we can know for sure, and what you can know about me and what I can know about you is, no matter where you are right now, you can always go to the next level. You can always step up your service to God. You can always build your relationship with God. Your relationship with your brethren can always be stronger. And there's always, there's always room for another servant. There's always room for us to be a better servant.
period of time in in the the history here of our of our congregation. We're in a transition period. Edwin and his family have moved on. Mitch and his family are about to come, and we're going to begin this this new phase. This is an exciting time. It's exciting to think about when when new blood comes in. And, and new ideas are, are presented and new ways of doing things are, are, are brought about. It's an exciting time because we can take advantage of this opportunity and we can push ourselves forward. You know, some people don't like change. Sometimes change is intimidating for people. Change is exciting, I think. This is just me. Change is exciting because it offers, it offers a chance to, to use a computer term, to reboot and start off fresh and be excited about it and use that momentum to carry us on to greater and more perfect service to our God. And I, and I, I believe it was, it was mentioned in the prayer. If we, want to, if we want to take ourselves to, the next, to that next step, we want to make that, that next step in our service to God, as much as I already love Him and admire Him, Mitch can't do that for us. We have to do it for ourselves. Mitch can come and he can offer us ideas. And he can, he can encourage us and he can excite us and he can energize us. But unless we are willing to make those steps ourselves, anybody could come and stand here. But if we will, if we will take the things that, that God teaches us and we'll, we'll build ourselves up and we'll begin with us, And there's no limit to, to where we can go as a congregation of God's people. There's no limit to where we can go as, a, as faithful children of God. And so I hope, I hope that we'll be encouraged to do that. We'll be encouraged to, to increase our service to God and be better, be better Christians as we go out into this world.